When Gabriel was having a bad day, he could scoop up ill-feeling from an empty room, and lately he felt that he had had more bad days than might be considered strictly fair. Why not? Because they're fucking repulsive. I can always count on you for the balanced view. Ellie wasn't looking at him. She was sitting on the sofa, her feet on the coffee table, her long black skirt tucked tightly under her legs. She was sifting through a pile of letters. Gabriel hopped from foot to foot behind her. He closed his mouth long enough to pout. He had hoped for just a little attention. What are you doing? Looking for a postcode, she murmured. Are we having this conversation or not? Not yet, we're not, no. Oh well, let me know when you're ready, won't you? He overemphasized a sigh, just in case it might have otherwise passed her by. Gabe, it was just an idea, that's all. Okay, thanks, but having given it some thought and weighed up the pros and cons, I feel I would rather circumcise myself with a rusty tin opener. That was plan B. Gabriel was a tall man, athletically built, and he was not used to going unseen in a room. When it happened, particularly at home, he didn't like it. There was, he knew, no point in looking exasperated if he was standing behind her, so he moved to the end of the sofa. They were in that place couples go to when they can't quite decide if they're going to start shouting or not. It was a place where they had spent most of last week, and the week before that. They'd also visited it for much of the previous April and a fortnight in May. They'd gone on holiday in June, and holidays always made it better, but they couldn't keep it away throughout a disappointing July. I know what. Fuck the counsellor, snapped Gabriel. I think we'd have to pay extra. Fuck the counsellor. Let's go and see an aromatherapist instead. Couple of sniffs of lavender and some ylang-ylang ought to swing it, or better still, why don't we go and see a mime artist? Ellie ignored him. I think that's a much better idea. Every time we have a row, we could nip round to Marcel Marceau's house and see what he has to say. Well, obviously he won't say anything. He'll probably pretend to be in an invisible box for about an hour and then we'll come home, but I'm sure things will be better. She still wasn't looking at him. She hated Mime even more than everyone else. She had told Gabriel once that whenever she saw a mute, white-faced performing arts student in Covent Garden, she wanted to punch him. She was sure that he was remembering this when he mentioned Marcel Marceau. He was bringing Mime into this argument just to annoy her. The bastard. Why don't you start practicing now, Gabe, and shut the fuck up? And he did. After a while, he made her hot chocolate. She said thanks. He kissed her on the top of her head. They watched the news quietly, and then they went to bed. The day of Gabriel's accident had started the way most mornings did. He had brought the sleepy and hormonal Ellie a cup of tea, checked the teletext for any sports news that may have broken in the six hours he had slept fitfully, and subsequently smeared peanut butter on his trousers. Having established the rhythm of the day, he set off for the tube station and was rained on. Gabriel maintained that the advantage of living at the end of a tube line, like Walthamstow, for example, or Upper Ongar, is that you always get a seat. The disadvantages are that you have to get on the bloody tube in the first place and stay on it as the rest of London demonstrates its total lack of spatial awareness by standing on your feet or resting briefcases on your groin. You then have to wrestle past the unmoving, unhelpful, undead just to get off the train, 
and tramp round the decaying intestines of London Underground to find the bowels of hell that is the Northern Line. Two more stops, and Gabriel was in Camden, and at first it just seemed like an ordinary day. The first hint that it wasn't came when he tried to log on, only to find the server was down. The next hint, and he really should have picked up on this before now, was that he was on his own, apart from the two young administrative assistants who were huddled in a corner. Server down, said Gabriel matter-of-factly. They both looked at him sympathetically. Where is everybody? Everybody consisted of an editor, the IT guy, and Big Dave, the other writer. They're in there, one of them said, pointing to the editor's office. They said to tell you to go in. Well then, why didn't you, thought Gabriel, who by now was a bit suspicious. As soon as he opened the door, everyone looked at him, and Big Dave said, Hold on, mate.